Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast, starring me, Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And yeah, this is 13th Floor Podcast, where we talk about weird things and strange things. And today, we're talking about food conspiracies. Ooh. Yeah. What you been eating? Yeah. Ooh. You are what you eat. Um, How have you guys been? I've been doing all right. How about you guys? Wonderful. It's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah. 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 I mean, our listeners won't know the difference, but for us, it has been a little while. <laughs> James, I feel like we haven't talked in about 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, so nothing exciting has happened in your life since we spoke last? Uh, I know something neat happened, but I can't remember now off the top of my did, head. Did you get a new That's- spider, James? I didn't, but Chartreuse, uh, the GBB molted and now he's massive, but he only has seven uh. legs. What happened to his eighth leg? Uh, he was, I guess he had trouble. Uh, sometimes that oh. happens. They'll be molting and, you know, they can't get one of them out and it just breaks oh. off. It'll grow back. Well, James, that is. I don't know if I realize that spider's legs grew back. Uh, yeah, they, they can generate anything that won't kill them. So, like, if they lose a vital organ, that's it. But if, if, if they can survive, they can regrow it. Okay. Well, hello, chartreuse. Well. <laughs> Um, well, uh, James, uh, James celebrated his birthday. Yeah. yeah. And he got a massage and a birthday cake and, uh, he had a good dinner and I bet you he also went on a walk. That's my guess. A walk, huh? Yeah. Where would you have walked to, James? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good (laughs) guess though, but, uh, yeah, I had fun. No, it good. sounds like you had a blast, James. <laughs> Your enthusiasm is just... It's radiating. Yeah. Oh, man. It, it was clearly a birthday to remember. This yeah. walk must have been phenomenal. That yeah. Added it to his day. He's, it yeah, was he's... a walk to remember. uh alex has anything exciting happened in your life i know that you're working on a new podcast i am i work on a new podcast called monsters vs men with our dear friend eric neely yeah yeah and it's 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 gonna be about just monster movies but we're starting out with a very long series about godzilla and if anyone wants uh, to send some feedback or questions or anything we're over at mvm underscore pod yeah, Alex made me listen to the first episode. Uh-oh, I thought I'd turn that off. Sorry, guys. Your mom's texting me, Alex. She's texting you about Big Brother, probably. Yeah, she probably is. We just watched Big Brother, you guys, and it was bananas. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I guess that's... Do you have an icebreaker for us? Uh, I, so, originally, everybody, I had a script, <laughs> and everyone shot it down yeah. right before oh, recording, man. so... I've I've had to move quickly on my feet as I usually do. I have to with my icebreakers actually, but yeah, I do. This one's gonna be a game. A game. Yeah, this one's gonna be a quick, a very quick game. Like one of us is gonna be the winner. Yeah. Well, Just, I'll be the winner because neither uh, one of you get it right. Okay. Actually, you'll probably both get it right. All right. It's called it's called fake or real. All right, and it's gonna be about food conspiracies. Oh. oh. Okay. 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 In in the spirit of the topic today. Yeah, which is our topic. I guess you want to lay it out for everybody since I'm already going into the topic. Well, I'm, I know I mentioned at the very top, but you guys, today we're talking about food conspiracies. Conspiracies that have to deal with food. <laughs> <laughs> That's like assassination conspiracies. 
conspiracies that have to do with assassinations. Yes, that's that's basically <laughs> what we're talking about in Alex's icebreaker. What, okay, give me some of these fake or real things. Okay, there's a conspiracy about Outback. Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> Is there a food conspiracy about Outback Steakhouse? True. What do you think, James? Yeah, I can believe that. I mean, I know it's not from Australia, so <laughs> the dude <laughs> who came true. up with it was from like Florida. <laughs> so yes, there is a food conspiracy with Outback Steakhouse. All right, what is it? All right, so apparently a lot of people have noticed a strange pattern with the placements of uh, of Outback Steakhouses in their area, and there are pictures of it. But a lot of people have noticed. That in a lot of these cities, these locations, if you draw a line between them, make a pentagram. Oh my gosh. And so a lot of people claim that Outback Steakhouse is part of the Illuminati. Wow. <laughs> what does what does placing their stores in a pentagram shape, how does that contribute to their Illuminati? It's I have no idea how, the, how it deals with the Illuminati amazing. CC, but I know that they're going to yeah. summon demons. That makes sense. <laughs> The blooming onion is really, you know, just okay, it, yeah. it grows in hell. Has anybody ever seen a blooming onion like in nature? Checkmate. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point, James. Checkmate. It's a very good point. Okay, what's next? All right, the next one. Do Wendy's burgers have worms in them? No. <laughs> Not unless you leave it in the trash. Yeah, that sounds kind of crazy. I'm actually going to say yes, though, because that sounds like something that like McDonald's or Burger King would stay, say because, you know, the whole never frozen. Oh, well, guess what? <laughs> On top of not being free. It's never frozen because they don't want to kill the worms. <laughs> so this is actually one that I had heard for years, right? That Ooh. Wendy's burgers have worms in them. The only reason that I'm going to say no is because Alex has had the worst luck eating at Wendy's <laughs> in the past. Like, he once found a hair embedded in one of his burgers. In my patties? Yeah. I had to pull it out of the back of my throat. So yeah. anyone... Oh. Uh, yeah. But he recently started going back, and I feel like okay. if they had worms in their burgers, there would be no way in heck you would go I there. Don't get, I don't get Wendy's burgers. That's true. You do get the spicy chicken. This is true. Just kidding. It's false. Um, yeah, it's false, you guys. It's Wendy's false. do not come but after it us. It is a common... It is a big conspiracy. A lot of people think that Wendy's burgers have worms in them. That's but, a bunch of baloney. I mean, they might have... You know, they say like everything has insects in it, so maybe it has a worm in it. <sighs> no, I don't believe it. Uh, yeah, I've yeah, heard it. I'm glad it's fake because Wendy's is my favorite. All right. What about <laughs> all right? Monster Energy Drink? Is it the devil's drink? Yes. You think so? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That one's really cool. Actually, I watched a video on. It. <laughs> this is circulating recently. It's and that cool one was pretty... with the devil drink. I thought the marketing behind it was actually pretty interesting. Mm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like the 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 three lines mean six 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 in Hebrew, and then it's got all kinds of little messages on it, all kinds of like hints to the to the devil and all kinds of like an interesting inverted things. cross in the O. Well, it hasn't. Yeah, when you when you drink it and you hold it upside down, it's oh, inverted. interesting. I didn't even think about that. I saw that one. That's yeah. So yeah. it's pretty cool. There's lots of stuff on the packaging that indicates certain things about it. It's kind of <laughs> interesting and. It's just a marketing ploy, yeah. maybe. Oh, I think so. You know, I don't know. How do you know? I guess it'll be too late when you it, do find Well, out. what if it's kind of like their energy drinks are like the zombie drink in iZombie that was turning people into zombies? Oh, yeah. <sighs> I could be doing that. All right. What about Chipotle? 
What about Chipotle? Do you think that there's any conspiracies involving Chipotle? Uh, personally, I think I think it's possible some of their uh, listeria outbreaks are actually corporate sabotage from rival companies. Mm. Yes, I do believe that. That's, I totally believe that. That's something a lot of people seem to believe, and I'll I'll dive into that just a little bit more during mm-hmm. my topic. But that's a little teaser for what Ooh. I've got to do. I'm excited because when that happened, I looked into it a lot. Okay, um, so James, do you want to start out, or do you want me to start out? You know what? I haven't started in a while, though. Uh, I think I'll go first. All right, cool. Thanks. Yep. You guys, James is starting out today, and he's talking about... James, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) You interrupted for that? (laughs) I'm talking about how they're turning the frickin' frogs gay. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In other words... Oh, boy. (laughs) In other words, uh, hormones and food. So you're you're taking that phrase from that popular Alex Jones meme. About him saying they're turning exactly. The I don't we, know that. Means, it's really funny. Exactly. It's pretty. It's, it's. It's. I'm ready to hear about it. <laughs> it's funny. All right. Well, um, one thing that I think is worth noting, and some of this is going to be anecdotal, and some of this is going to be well documented, but uh, it's been well established at this point that there's sort of a testosterone crisis. I hate using the word crisis in for anything, the opioid crisis, the obesity crisis, etc. But I can't think of a better way to describe it. Uh, your average 20-year-old has a fraction of the testosterone that their grandpa had. It's, it's plummeted by 1% every year for the past 60 or 70 years. Dramatic, dramatic changes. And just anecdotally, I've noticed that, you know, not only are men in the prime of their lives incredibly uh, low muscle uh, uh, density and and often very effeminate in mannerisms and behavior. And this is not, I'm not I'm even talking about the uh, cliche stereotypes of, of members of the homosexual community. I'm talking about any, any man uh, seems to be dramatically different from, say, just one generation prior. And then that generation... This explains why I have trouble opening jars sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then the, the previous generation, the hippie generation, if you compare them to the, the greatest generation, as they're called, and so on, you see dramatic changes. Now, some of these changes can be attributed to something that's totally natural. For example... Uh, people are li- spending more time indoors. They're much more sedentary, and uh, obesity is huge. And obesity has an enormous effect on uh, on hormones, particularly testosterone. But where it becomes a conspiracy is a combination of xenoestrogens in various foods and cosmetics, phytoestrogens in a variety of foods and cosmetics, and most importantly. Hormone disruptors, endocrine disrupting compounds in foods, shampoos, etc., all around us. And this is, as I mentioned, very well documented. That in and of itself isn't even a conspiracy theory. And what's disturbing to me about it is that if you point out some of these very objective, measurable uh, facts... You're often labeled either a conspiracy theorist or, my favorite, uh, homophobic. If you notice that 10-year-old boys in America have B-cups, whereas sumo wrestlers in Japan have flat chests, you're somehow 
uh, being narrow-minded for noticing that. I, I don't think that it has anything to do with homophobia or, or transphobia and everything to do with the fact that uh, some of these corporate overlords who are manufacturing the endocrine disruptors want to make it controversial to point out the horrible thing that they're doing. Um, I, if, if in the 90s, pointing out that CDCs were, were putting holes in the ozone, there would be some sort of argument against that. Like, whoa, well, the holes in the ozone layer, they make people darker. Are you, are you racist for, for thinking aerosol should be banned? It, it's kind of like that. Uh, it's, it's very strange to see. And I'm not turning this into a political argument. I'm just saying noticing these things should not be equated with narrow-mindedness. They should just be equated with presenting something that you've observed in an objective light. And we, we know that there are endocrine disruptors. We can even name some of these endocrine disruptors. The one that is, you know, the my little uh, segment is named after, the Alex Jones meme, is called atrazine. And atrazine is a pesticide that has a very long shelf life that has been leached into our water table for a very long time and that it has been found causes male embryos of frogs and juvenile male frogs to become hermaphrodites or sometimes full-blown females. They even develop ovaries instead of testes, these uh, frogs. So uh, that's not a conspiracy theory. That is a true observation. Um, they, there's, they've even done internalized studies using Rana pipiens, which is the native leopard frog in the United States. Um, they have observed that one, the, these frogs that live in contaminated streams, streams where there are copious amounts of atrazine in the water, uh, have egg cells in their testicles. In other words, their, their testes are functionally, even though they're structurally the same as testes, they function like ovaries. They actually have female gametes developing inside of them. They also have distorted uh, voice boxes, so they are not able to uh, make mating calls properly to attract females, which, of course, isn't really going to help them anyway since they can't produce sperm to begin with. So, yeah. So that, that's not what? so much a conspiracy theory as much as it's a conspiracy fact. There are a variety of hormone disruptors. One of the most famous ones that you all I'm sure know about would be BPA. BPA is a, an endocrine disruptor. Um, polybrominated yes. biphenyls, that's yeah. another big one. Polychlorinated biphenyls, uh, dichlorodiphenyl trichloroethane, also known as DDT, also found in pesticides, as I'm sure you know. Venclosin from pesticide or fungicides and diethyl stibestrol, DES, from various pharmaceutical agents. So these are not... Uh, it's kind of like uh, when we were talking about magical thinking. If you follow the scientific method, you can pretty easily discern things that are theory and things that are fact. For example, toxins. If you if you talk to people who believe in you know magical thinking, oh, this will get rid of toxins. But if you ask them, well, what 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 are these toxins you want rid of? They can't give you an answer. But on the flip side, the conspiracy quote unquote theory that we have endocrine disruptors uh, in the food and water supply. Someone asks, well, what, what, are, what are you talking about? What are these disruptors? By BPA, PBB, DDT, PCBs, DES, they all exist. Uh, they, we know that they exist. The question is, uh, in my opinion, where it becomes a theory is why. Is it, is it kind of like the hole in the ozone layer in the 90s? Is it, is it just a consequence of laziness or uh, 
irresponsible corporate production of things, or is there a more nefarious reason? And the reason I bring this up is, and we, we also see the same hmm. thing affected with women. Um, women who take birth control pills, uh, the estrogens leach out of their bodies into the urine and get into the water table, and that increases estrogen in both sexes, which is one of the reasons why, and this has been observed, uh, young girls are entering puberty much, much earlier. You know, when. Well, we have a family member who actually knows somebody whose daughter is four years old. And just hit puberty. Yeah. Ooh. At four years old. And the doctors are pointing to hormones, especially Ugh. in cow's milk. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, at that point, that's not a, a theory. You know, that's something that's observable. The question is, why are these hormones permitted to be in our food? Is it is it uh, lobbyists for the food industries? Is it just general laziness? Is it uh, a, a unreasonable degree of ignoring things that are staring us in the face, or is it nefarious? And, and the reason I bring that up is because we do know one thing for sure about uh, the difference between estrogen and testosterone in terms of behavior. Like, what, what, what do you guys think of when you think of estrogen in terms of behavior and testosterone in terms of behavior? I guess, I guess uh, testosterone is more associated with aggression. Yeah. And estrogen is more passive. Exactly. Exactly. So would you, true or false, do you think that a, a populace that is given copious amounts of estrogen as well as things that disrupt the production of testosterone, would they be a passive uh, population that would be very unlikely to revolt or... Yeah, yeah. it would definitely lead to... Do anything that the state may find oh more passivity. Yeah, gosh, and that's, James. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is why I think, one, it, there's no laws prohibiting this, whereas in other countries there are. And this is also why I think if you point out the things I'm saying, you're immediately branded bigoted because you're somehow implying that it has to do with homosexuality or transsexuality or or that you just hate women because, you know, female hormones, what's wrong with that? And I think the chief reason is because it's it's a big marketing campaign by a combination of corporate oligarchs in the state because it's advantageous to have a population that is simultaneously obese, uh, uneducated, and absolutely riddled with hormones that keep them compliant. Hmm, interesting. Holy James. cow, James. So you're saying that you're a believer in this one. I, I am, yeah. And this was something that I personally uh, just observed. You know, I, I, I think it's always good to sort of get out of your comfort zone and see other places and... When I was in Japan, I'm a big sumo fan. I love sumo wrestling. I think it's awesome. Uh, I wish it was more mainstream. But when I was there, I noticed a weird thing. And that is when I was back home in, in Kentucky, um, a lot of kids, a lot of kids, little kids, three, four, five years old, would be obese. When I was in Japan, the, the sumo wrestlers looked, despite being massive, had less, had flatter chests than like 10-year-olds do in the United States. And that's just insane to me. And and there's it goes hand in hand with, uh, like I said, the precocious puberty that little girls are going through, and the uh, just utter lack of puberty that boys are going through. I mean, they're they're just they're getting taller, but they're not getting more masculine in terms of uh, secondary and tertiary sexual characteristics. It's very disturbing. It's very interesting. You've given me so much to think about, James. So, James, uh, you're saying. Alex Jones needs to learn how to talk to people normally instead of just shouting crazy things. 
Yeah. Uh, honestly, in, in some ways, I got a lot of respect for his crazy meme because I honestly think that if he just came out and said it like I am, people would just say, oh, that's nuts. But if you say they're turning the frogs gay, you're immediately, it's like, oh, that what a silly thing. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. And then you find out what the deal is. That's, so, yeah. Wow. That's a clever marketing yeah. plan. Well, I know that right? Like we buy our daughter the hormone-free milk and all that mm. stuff, but it makes me want to like just go and like look at every single thing that we buy. Mm. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, it's freaky. Yeah, the dairy industry, the uh, I mean, we could have a whole thing about factory farming and all that, but uh yeah, phytoestrogens, which are just plant compounds that mimic estrogen. Um, xenoestrogens, which are compounds in a lot of shampoos and, and other things, toothpaste maybe even, I can't remember for sure, they uh, mimic estrogens. So it just, it's strange to me because it seems one-sided. It seems like all these endocrine disruptors, all these hormones in food, they, across the board, not a single one of them raises testosterone or, or has a, a masculinizing effect on anyone. It, all of them make people more, uh, let's just say, bovine and complacent. And that just happens to be very, you know, beneficial if you are a corrupt politician or corporate overlord of some kind. Well, I think the thing that just blows my mind is like when I was doing my research on our food conspiracies, I'm looking at like the differences between food that is in America versus food laws that are in other countries and yeah like there's are there there's already been you know experiments on this stuff and it's been proven that there is this stuff that's causing these types of effects yeah but it america is, hasn't done anything, anything at all it is staggering to try and stop uh, it yeah there's so many things that are banned in other countries whereas here it's not only is it not banned it's ubiquitous you go to the grocery store and it's just there it's yeah, it's um, everywhere. And I, when I uh, was trying to figure out like what type of milk and stuff to get my daughter, when I, looking at the just the labels on these foods at the the grocery store, it's just yeah. and they, they mask the names of things so mm, that you oh, don't yeah. think that it is what it what it actually is. And yeah. it's so frustrating because we have no idea what we're putting into our bodies. Agreed. No. We yeah. Don't. Well, I think this is very telling. You know, if you think about laws regarding food in this country, I, I, this to me is a, a red flag. You can buy milk that is riddled with hormones that will make your kid grow breasts, whether they're male or female, whether they've entered puberty or not. You can go to the grocery store and you can buy food that have endocrine disruptors that increase the uh, odds of, of cancer. You can buy food that is made with. Uh, Modified organisms that could kill your gut bacteria and make you more prone to mental illness or sickness. But you cannot buy unpasteurized milk from an Amish person that's, you know, pesticide free and hasn't been tampered with. That is a crime. They'll bust you and the Amish fella for doing that. Wow. Yeah. So if you try to get something as natural as possible, you're getting in trouble. And the argument there is, well, what if, it, what if you get sick from it? Well, Christ, what if you get sick from all this other stuff? <laughs> oh man it's a good point yeah oh james you maybe not want to eat anything yeah, yeah. i know i don't want to eat anything anymore have you ever had unpasteurized milk uh, i have and it tastes very different that's what that's what i've i've heard that it tastes very different i've never had the opportunity yeah it's more like well i mean for one the fat is very high you know and that's another there, there are a lot of things that men could do in this country that have nothing to do with this conspiracy to increase testosterone get more sunshine because that's a lot of it uh be more physically active and 
like I was about to say about the milk, you know, the milk that you get because it's not been uh, pasteurized and the, the, the cream hasn't been skimmed off, it's really, really fatty. Well, saturated fat is actually an important part of producing testosterone, and it's something that's not very common in our diet now. It's all trans fats and, you know, fat is bad, et cetera. Well, you need saturated well, fats to make that, testosterone. I'm going to talk about that, James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Well. well, and by the way, listeners, James has cows on his farm. He's not buying unpasteurized milk from an Amish fellow. Very so. true. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go after him. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, yeah, I think that about does it for me. So uh, ready when you are, Cece. It's my turn. Let me let me open up my laptop. Our printer ran out of paper. So mm. we're saving the trees today. There you go. <laughs> okay, you guys. Today, I am talking about... It's funny. You kind of touched on some of the things that I'm going to be talking a little bit more into uh-huh. James, but I'm talking about sugar and a conspiracy around sugar that basically posits that the government is hiding the dangers of sugar in order to profit big, uh, big sugar and big pharma and to keep all of us obese and just completely, uh-huh. you know, this kind of feels like James's. It's like, yeah, they totally are. Doing yeah. <laughs> agree. Well, at first when I was looking into it and I, I'll, I'll be honest, I just kind of went off on a tangent and I ended up looking up, I learned all about sugar, you guys, and what it does to the body. Mm-hmm. But and then I got a big old ice cream. Yeah, and then I got a big old ice cream. That's one thing. Like, and they get us addicted to these things, and like, I don't, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, but man, I am totally addicted yeah. to sugar. I'll admit it. Same outright. Yeah, James, you know what I'm talking about. You and yeah. your ice cream. <laughs> um, but yeah, the government this this conspiracy basically says that the government is downplaying the effect that it has that sugar has on the human body, so that we'll continue to buy it. And when we continue to buy, we get fatter and sicker. And then big pharma profits from our visits to the doctor and whatnot. That doesn't sound so crazy, right? No, no, not no. too crazy. No, not too crazy. So I'm not sure about you guys, but when I was in school, do you guys remember the health teacher at school telling you that it was fats and cholesterols that were unhealthy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. a big thing. Yeah, just yeah. watch an old sitcom from the 90s, and it's like, you know, oh, I can't believe he's eating a steak. He's going to die when he's 30. I'll just yeah. have a bowl of cereal. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much carbs were good. Yeah, carbs were good. Carbs and sugar is like that, like, you know. Eat it in moderation. Every they say eat everything in moderation, but fats and cholesterols, which are actually really important for your diet, as James just said a minute ago. Mm. Yeah, basically they kind of painted them to be all evil, mm-hmm. terrible for us. So let's go back in time, you guys, to when people decided that fats and cholesterols were bad for the human body. We're gonna go all the way back to 1955. Mm. Do you guys know what happened in 1955? Uh. I know Amelia Earhart was gone by then. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, she wasn't. (laughs) When did she? Yeah, she was. She was gone. She was long gone. Sorry. She she died before uh, World War II. (laughs) We don't know if she's dead, Alex. Well, we know she's. We know she's. Oh, that's true. She could have ran off with Elvis. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. Um, but you guys, in 1955, President Dwight Eisenhower had a heart attack. Oh. And this spurred just like a huge frenzy into what caused it and an investigation into why people were starting to have heart disease and all of these problems. And by the way, Dwight Eisenhower did eventually die of heart disease, but it basically brought 
kind of health to the public eye a little bit more so than it had been in the past. A guy named Ansel Keys. Have you guys ever heard of Ansel Keys? Mm, no. Not sure. Well, you guys, you guys are going to fall in love with him. <laughs> uh, he, along with some like-minded colleagues, declared fat cholesterol the culprit. But there was a big dissenter, you guys. A big dissenter. And his name was John Yudkin. Have you guys ever heard of John, Yun- John Yudkin? <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a reason why you haven't heard of John Yudkin. Uh-oh. John Yudkin was like, you guys, it's not fats and cholesterols, it's sugar. And Ansel Keys, who basically had all these supporters, he's like, uh-uh. And they basically they, they basically silenced John Yudkin and said that he was crazy and a quack and he had no idea what he was talking about. And so instead of people paying attention to sugar and kind of investigating it to look into it, they just said, nope. It's fats and cholesterols. That's that's it. what they did to the biologist oh. who found out about uh, the frogs. I can't think of his name, but yeah, they they just pigeonholed him. He's see, yeah. look, James doesn't even know his name because they've been dug into a grave. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, in 1972, Yudkin, and he's a British nutrition professor. He pointed his fingers. At- oh wait, one second. We've got a crying yeah. baby. Oh, it'll be one second. It'll be one second, James. Okay, no worries. She'll fall asleep here in a second. I know if I had a kid, they would be spoiled rotten. There's no way I could just be like, that'll be okay. I would just be like, it's okay. And it would not be good for them in the long run. I know it wouldn't, but. It's, well, it's it's tough at first that that used to be me, James. I was like, nope, I got to go up and get her. And then Alex is like, let's just wait a minute. And then I talked to the doctor and the doctor was like. They know well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. They, I know that yeah. it's a bad idea. I just uh, don't know if I could. <laughs> <laughs> You're too sweet, yeah, too James. soft. <laughs> Maybe it's because of all those. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> she's on her pillow. She's laid down her head. She's maneuvered all the way across the bed, and now she's on her pillow. I'm gonna keep this in, you guys. All of our listeners will get to listen <laughs> to us. Uh, oh yeah. Play by play, our daughters. Nighttime fit. Yeah, nighttime mm-hmm. fit. This happens every night, usually. Okay, so back to Yudkin. His British nutrition professor he pointed his finger at sugar as being the culprit for why people were starting to get heart disease and um, become more obese and all these things. And he wrote a book called Pure White and Deadly. Which mm, is everyone a, thought was a cocaine book. No, that is a perfect name for a book if you ask me. But he writes in it, quote, If only a fraction of what we know about the effects of sugar were to be revealed in relation to any other material used as a food additive, that material would promptly be mm. banned, end quote. Hmm. I don't know about that in America, especially after your, right. your, uh, yeah, your bit, James. Yeah. But Yudkin's book, actually, it was actually pretty popular. It got quite a bit of attention. But, you guys, Ansel Keys. Good old Ansel Keys. He and his nutritionist friends, the food industry, they just ripped Yudkin and his ideas apart, even though they really didn't have any evidence to say otherwise or to disagree with him. Because they're really, like, even though they're pointing at fats and cholesterol, they're really, they didn't have very much solid evidence as to that being the reason why people were beginning to become unhealthy. But Ansel, he was just big old meanie pants. And I was reading some of the things that he said about Yudkin and his ideas, and he was he was kind of brutal. Hmm. Interesting. What what ended up with whatever happened? If you well, if you look at his uh, at his picture, because he was on the cover of Time Magazine, 
and he looks like the evil scientist that uh. you've seen in a movie. <laughs> he's the bomb villain. He, yeah, he's he he looks like he's a very intelligent person, but very close-minded. Man, you got that from looking at him, huh? Yeah, it's all it's just the cover of the book, man. <laughs> uh, well, in the 1980s, the U.S. government began recommending, you know, the dietary guidelines with fat and cholesterol being like, you know, don't you need to lower your fats and cholesterols, everybody, or you're gonna die. And even though they released these dietary guidelines, people started following them. Over time, people just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I looked this up. What are the biggest countries in the world, you guys? Do you happen to know? I found this data on worldpopulationreview.com. I mean, I would assume the, us. The biggest. Uh, is it, I would assume we're the, the top biggest of the what? The, the size biggest size-wise. Size wise. Oh, actually, you know what? I think Mexico and Britain got us beat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mexico Thanks. recently crawled ahead of us. Well, the biggest – I was actually very surprised. The biggest countries in the world are actually – smaller kind of not oh, really? as yeah developed uh, like countries. Samoa or something Samoa is number three on the list yeah uh, Nauru is number one Tonga hmm. is number two Samoa is three Kuwait is four uh, and St. Kitts and Nevis is five interesting uh, the, the, a lot of those people that you mentioned like I think four out of five of them are uh, Polynesian and that's the deal you know they evolved to eat like roots and taro leaves for like 40,000 years, and then we were like, hey, guys, we're the Marines. Here's Spam and rice and hamburgers. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and that's the deal is like, you know, like poor flipping the rock, man. Like he doesn't eat candy ever because if he just ate like a moderate amount of candy that your average Westerner would have no problem with, he'd just swell up like everybody else in his family tree. <laughs> have you seen his family tree, James? I have like he, he's got like a whole line of of wrestlers, but they are big dudes. <laughs> like he's oh. the only one who's like shredded. <laughs> the others are all like kind of sumo-y. I need to to look into that. But yeah, United States was sixteen on the list. Oh. Yeah, that's not too bad. This year, United Kingdom though was thirty six. So we've got them beat, um, which yeah, surprised me because uh, England basically adopted basically a very similar dietary guideline that the United States had released. And so mm. they started getting bigger and bigger. But the World Health Organization says that the rising cost of healthy food and food scarcity in underdeveloped nations is a contributing factor to obesity in some of those places. Mm. That's a, probably a contributing factor to obesity here. I know. You know? I know, agree, like, yeah. Do you know how much it costs to go and freaking buy just healthy food at yeah, the grocery store. So much. It's unbelievable. And if you want to get the organic stuff, which is what you should be getting, because there's, you know, all of the pesticides and stuff on, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I get angry. Agreed. Oh, this is off topic, you guys, but I just remembered this. Uh, I, I went to go buy some bagels the <laughs> other day, and there were a whole bunch of stray cats outside by the trash can. And you guys would be so proud of me. I didn't pet them <laughs> because I, I, I thought about our zombies episode. Oh yeah. But while I oh, went to go God. buy our carb loaded, uh, bagels, <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyways, back to Yudkin versus Ansel. Okay. Uh, Ansel and all of his colleagues said Yudkin's book was science fiction and nonsense. And that essentially, it was essentially propaganda for the meat and dairy industries. And since they had so much clout kind of in the nutrition field, people just believed them. 
And right. Ansel and his pals, they carried out the study called the Seven Country Study. James, do you know anything about that study? Uh, yeah, that was kind of like the the precursor to the the modern diet. Before then, people yep. were, you know, slim and trim and hormonally well balanced, and this was the beginning of the obesity. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they. I knew that James would know about it. That's why I asked him. Hmm. But they. Uh, they looked at the effects of food on heart disease and death, and they determined that fat and cholesterol was to blame. But the study was not very sound. Hmm. Why, you ask? Because Ansel was up to his antics again. He, Ansel and his antics. He, well, there was no objective basis for the countries chosen by Keyes. So he could he picked uh, could have picked countries that easily supported his own ideas, essentially. Uh, so he's like, okay, well, I know that these countries, they have diets that are uh, high in fat and cholesterol. Let's see how it does there. But he, for instance, he didn't choose France or West Germany because he probably already knew that they had low rates of heart disease just in general, despite having diets with lots of fats. Uh, so he didn't really pick his countries that objectively. And he also did not consider the idea that something other than fats and cholesterol could have contributed to heart disease. So it's like he wasn't even looking at other factors or trying to find anything different. It sounds like he just liked being a celebrity. Yeah. yeah I think that, well, you know, and it's, it, I can't, that's a lot of scientists. A lot of scientists, they kind of, well, I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but looking at, looking at historical science, scientists in the past, especially like when it comes to infectious diseases and stuff, a lot of them were just fighting to be recognized recognized, and be the first one to come out with a vaccine for XYZ. They only remember your name when you're the first, right? Yeah. It's cutthroat, man. It is. Science stuff. Yeah. And Ansel did not want anybody to be, he wanted to be right, even if it meant he was actually wrong. Hmm. Um, so years later, uh, one of the, the seven countries study lead researchers sorted back through the data and even he found that the food that correlated most closely with the deaths from heart disease was actually sugar. Uh. So looking back on the data, he's even like, huh, mm-hmm. hmm. The dietary guidelines are based on quote unquote evidence that suggests that fat and cholesterol are bad, but there isn't actually much actual, actual evidence mm. that they're actually bad. So where does this conspiracy part come in, you guys? Good question. I thought it was already here about him covering up all this stuff. <sighs> you guys, a guy, a journalist. I think he's a journalist. His name is Gary Tobbs, or yeah, T-A-U-B-E-S. He wrote a book called The Case Against Sugar. I would have read it, but I'd have to buy it, and I don't have the time or money right now. <laughs> <laughs> but according, Honesty is a good policy. Yeah, according to MASH.com, Tobbs kind of suggested the government might be downplaying the bad effects sugar has on the human body. Which is kind of, I mean, I could see it. I one hundred percent believe that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the corn and sugar lobby—they're like BFFs. They're supposed to be competing with each other, but they they have both influence uh, food prices like way more as a as a power couple than as competitors. Yeah. Well, a website called The Big Think takes things a step further and proposes that the government uh, is basically doing it to profit big sugar and therefore big pharma. It all goes Absolutely. to the top, you guys. It all goes to yeah. the top every time. They yeah. all profit well, from the world having big wastes. Yeah. It's the same thing with corn, too. Like, the reason why you go to – you can go to a third world country and say, I'll have a Coke, please. And they'll give you, like, sugar, like real sugar, and then water, and then whatever Coke flavorings. Whereas here, it's corn syrup. And the reason for that is 
we have an embargo on sugar from other countries, so we use corn syrup to supplement actual sugar and then keeping the price of, of powdered sugar, like like pure sucrose, crazy high compared to other countries. Hmm. Yep, and that's also a fact. That's something we know. Oof, mm-hmm. I buy it. Well, there is one silver lining, I guess, here. And I mean, I don't know how much I actually trust this, but it does kind of seem like the government might kind of start to be paying attention to this whole fats versus sugars thing. Uh, in 2015, Congress got got on some of the scientists who firmly believe that fats are the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And they proposed a review of the way the advice informing the dietary guidelines are compiled. And the scientists went crazy. They were all up in arms and started freaking out. And they accused the politicians of being in cahoots with the meat and dairy industry. (laughs) But this is the thing. This was in 2015. And I don't think that much has come of it since then. Although I will say, I will say that like just watching. Okay. When I was pregnant with Gwen, I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes which I still don't I still don't 100% believe that I had it cuz they said, "Oh, you know, kind of test your limits and see, you know, what your the, the right levels of sugar that you should be eating." And when I did it, I very rarely had an exceptionally high blood sugar, but anyways, mm-hmm. what my dietitian cuz I had to go to a dietitian and she told me like, you know, carbs and sugars are bad for you. So I think that dietitians, at least the one that I had, was a bit more honest with me That's well good. i mean i feel like i feel like the general consensus now is that now yeah. we know better yeah. right i didn't know that this was i didn't know that cholesterol was still a thing that people worried about oh yeah big time big time like doctors are constantly telling me to to like you know eat more plants and all that because of cholesterol um so yeah well i was watching Storybots with my daughter <laughs> on netflix james have you ever seen Storybots? i have not it's um, very informative it's one of the best children's shows out there right now in my opinion it really is. but yeah it's very informative but i was watching an episode with her and it was about sugar because this, this kid asked why do i have to eat broccoli and it was a really funny episode because they kind of they had broccoli go to basically like a frat party where everyone was having sugar instead of beer. <laughs> um, but the entire episode was about how you shouldn't eat sugar. So <laughs> the fact that I I mean I watched that with my daughter makes me think okay maybe things at least the general public are starting to understand that sugar really isn't what you should be getting and that fats and cholesterol to a certain extent, like everything in moderation, but yeah, that's they're great. Not, it's oh bad. my gosh. I just looked them up. Do you guys know who made story bots? It's so weird. Uh, uh, I, then I, then I can't pronounce the name. It starts with an S. Uh, well, no, I was talking about uh jib jab. They're the people who originally made it. Then they sold it oh, to did Netflix. They really? Yeah. Jib jab. I, I didn't even know they still existed at all. It's awesome. Uh. Well, it's a great show, James. I highly recommend it. It's really cute. Although yeah. you're, you're going to know everything they already talk about. But oh, um, cute. Anyways, that's yeah, that's that's basically all that I have on sugar. Uh-huh. Buy it. Buy it. Yeah, I, I, I believe it. I do too. Yeah. But one of the reasons that my doctors, because I'm not like an exceptionally big person, but my doctor says that the only reason that he thinks that I'm not big is because I don't drink soda. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a huge thing. Like, I, it blows my mind how many most of the people that I have seen, at least growing up, who are obese, they've been drinking soda pop since they were like three, and then they graduated to like the most 
highly glycemic uh, Starbucks beverages. See, that's my problem. I mm-hmm. love me a Starbucks. Say, Cece still. Uh, I love getting... me a Starbucks. But I you don't drink Coke, so at least you got one of them down, right? <laughs> yeah. But so I guess my topic, it focuses more on terrorism, right? But <laughs> if our enemies are able to mess with our food supply so easily, why wouldn't the people closest to us? <laughs> and so my topic really predominantly deals with what happened in the UK in 2001. What happened in 2001? And that was this epidemic of hoof and mouth or foot, foot and mouth. <laughs> foot and mouth. Foot and mouth. <laughs> is it called hoof and mouth over there? No, it's foot and mouth. That would be cute. It's foot and mouth. There is right. hoof and oh. mouth, but it's, it's the different. But th- this is yeah. foot and mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So it was an epidemic of foot and mouth back in 2001. So, you know, we've got sugar that we're being lied to about. I have zero doubt about. Maybe even fluoride, which we might get into some other time. Yes. And it sounds like we've got hormones. Hormones. Oh, hormones. We've got hormones as well. How can you forget? Right. So even the U.S. government seems to think that defense against a food-based attack is almost impossible. So I'll get more into this, that. You're going to scare me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. But, but it's also a little... The documents are old. So maybe things are better now, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh so back at, back in 2001, UK has that foot and mouth epidemic that, and for for those that don't know, and James, you're going to be more of an expert on foot and mouth than I am and understanding, I guess, the ramifications, but they pretty much had to wipe out their population of cows and ca- I guess cattle yeah. over there because the, it had gotten so bad and widespread that there was nothing to be done. I mean, what was the, there, there's a period of like 24 months that, uh, a cow had, can show no signs of foot, of foot and mouth. I'm going to keep calling it hoof and mouth. <laughs> a foot and mouth before it can actually like be used again. Well, well, what is? can you imagine if everything got it? Then the farmers are having to wait two years before they can even use these cows again. Yeah. What is? If they don't I, die. I don't know much about foot and mouth. Yeah. Can you tell a little bit about what foot and mouth actually is? I think this is one we have to defer to James okay. because he's going to know it way better than I am. Um, well, it's a virus. The cow expert. It's a virus, and uh, you can it's spread through coughs, through handling, through blisters, um, through fecal material. So it's it's one of those things where if someone has it, they not only in, like just with the flu, you know, not only do they need to wash their hands a lot more, but they all the surfaces that they've handled needs to be uh, disinfected. Um, they need to avoid any kind of physical contact with people because it is just a very infectious disease. I'm actually surprised you guys don't know more about it simply because it is definitely one of those uh, daycare diseases where it's like, ah, crap, <laughs> you know. We've had hand, foot, and mouth uh, twice. Uh, okay, there we go. I was kind of su- <laughs> yeah, I was, I was surprised that, okay, that makes more sense then. Um, so, yeah, and, and as for you talking about not showing uh, symptoms as well, being the virus that it is, it works very similar to the way that the common cold does in that it can be kind of dormant and not actually actively attacking cells for a long time. And then just the minute some creatures, uh, yeah, up. exactly, the minute like their immune system gets weakened by something, it just activates. Yeah. So, so, so foot and mouth is the same thing as hand, foot and mouth. Yes. Well, I know. I know all about that. Oh, okay. Well, on humans. Oh, yeah, on, on humans, <laughs> not on cows. But I didn't realize it came from cows. Yeah. 
or could come from yeah. cows. Well, rather. well, it's kind of funny. Like hoof and mouth is kind of what people call it when it's infected a cow for logical reasons because they don't have hands. Um, yeah. And it's foot and mouth when it's in a human. Oh, it's the worst mm. thing in the world. Yeah. So there's this big outbreak and it results in the slaughter of all of the, all mm. these animals. And it's so bad that it even postpones the general election in Britain. Wow. Like, that's how bad this is. Yeah. And they can't, they cancel all these huge sporting events, all these activities that were like going to be big canceled or moved for a month because it was so bad. And so dude, like these policies that the government had, they just had to lay down these huge restrictions. And it's kind of like I said, like it was really uh, hamstringing all these farmers to a degree. Like they were having to be, uh, sanitized every time they walked in and out uh. of the farm. Like it, it had gotten that bad. And it, like all these farmer get togethers had been canceled. Like Ireland got one case of foot and mouth, which they're very proud of. After this huge epidemic, Ireland just managed to get one. But the thing, the interesting thing about this is that not only was it devastating, but it sounds like maybe there could have been foul play. Uh. So a lot of people tend to think that a terrorist organization, I guess, infected a few cows with the disease and were able to really cripple Britain's dairy and meat mm. industry in a way that, you know, is kind of unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, the, but the question I really have, and I'm not able to find is, what does that do for anybody? You know, maybe a follow-up attack, you could keep crippling the economy and eventually, you know, just put knock Britain down on its knees, but there's no follow-up attack. So, it doesn't seem like it's... We see cows when we're driving through sure. the country, right? Yes, I love cows. It's They're not adorable. unusual to see animals. Well, what if somebody really wanted to do harm to an in- industry mm-hmm. with a virus? Think about how easy it is to hop a fence and run up to that cow mm-hmm. and infect it with something. Without anybody saying, <laughs> stop it. Yeah. So there's a document, and this is from 1947, 1948. So keep that in mind during this document. It was a 50 page document released uh, as part of the US's policy of releasing these classified documents after so much time. And they go on to talk about how even biological warfare is a very real possibility. And there was, at the time, a very big fear that a hostile nations, you know, this is prime time, but there's a very big fear that hostile nations at the time would introduce a disease like foot and mouth and devastate the economy. And what the U.S. did was they did a big analysis on what it would take to cripple a food supply like cows in the U.S. government. And they went on to say that a terroristic plot is one of the most least expected acts that someone could do. That a I've country never could do. thought of it before. Yeah, I never have either. James, have you thought of it? No. Exactly. We shouldn't be giving people ideas. Well, this is these are documents that have been released by the U.S. government, so those stay, ideas are already out there. Stay tuned. We're going to discuss how to create ricin at the end credits. <laughs> <laughs> but security-wise, it's one of the least guarded things. Again, you see, we see these animals all the time. And so the danger of food supplies becoming tainted is not an unfounded fear to have. 
And so, you know, maybe we should guard our food a little more carefully. This is something we put in our bodies every day. And when you think about it, we're driving around, we see animals in the back of trucks. We see animals everywhere all the time. Maybe animals should be taken care of even more than we thought. Yeah, agreed. You know, you it's know? it's sad. In this country, we're, we're one of the only countries that doesn't make it mandatory to uh, vaccinate chickens for salmonella. And that's, you know, the oh, major way really? we get something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just about every other country, they vaccinate them. For salmonella. I didn't even know there was a vaccination for salmonella. Yeah, and you don't even have to inject them. You just put a few ounces of, of this, uh, you know, inert version of the virus in their water. They drink it. Boom. No salmonella. You could eat a raw wow. egg if you wanted to. It wouldn't matter. Whereas in this country, the, the fixation is you don't have to vaccinate and no farms do really. And you just have to scrub the crap out of the eggs, which is such a what, silly you, rule. Is that to save money? For, it, is that the farmers choose to honestly, save money by doing Honestly, that? it makes no sense to me because you would think that just the, the effort they have to put forth in making all the eggs sanitary would cost more in the long run than just buying the vaccine and putting it in the water. It's really I would weird. Think so. Yeah. Huh. Um, totally nuts. Interesting. James, have you ever had a raw egg before? I have. I, I don't really like them. Um, I'd much rather have a cooked egg. <laughs> I I see people. I had a coworker that brought in a whole bunch of raw eggs and just like drank raw eggs in the morning. Uh, I guess he's trying to beef up, but I don't. I uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, I'd much rather just make a frittata at that point. Yeah. Okay, Alex, go on. Yeah, before we start our quiche podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the worst thing about introducing these diseases into f- food is that they spread real fast, like uh, foot and mouth, and something like a render pest, which. I was completely unfamiliar with until I read about this, but they spread so fast that it's almost impossible to contain, which we see in that 2001 incident in Britain. And it becomes this huge issue. And at the time when these documents are being written, foot and mouth is a huge problem in Mexico. And that's kind of where a lot of this research was being created. Why a lot of this research was being created because they're terrified of that Mexico's cattle supply Kind of mingling with ours and us getting the results. Yeah. And so, you know, if you think about it, there's also, and I'm not getting political here, but there's a lot of transfer between the border, over the border, down there, via people that are undocumented. And so what, what maybe one of them was handling cows, and they've got... Hand, foot, and mouth. Hand, foot, and mouth. Mm. You know, there's a lot of ways for this thing to even be introduced accidentally, as we already see. Well, it's like it's no different than somebody hopping on a plane, flying to another country, and then coming back. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if we right. go to Britain, for example, if, if, if you eat a steak, when you go through customs, they want to know. They're like, did you eat beef while you were in Britain because of flipping mad cow? Yeah. And huh. so the document really goes on to just really reiterate that there are no countermeasures for this type of attack. Holy cow. And because it's so <laughs> because it's so easy to be disguised as something else by somebody, it's so easy to make it look like an accident. Well, it's yeah, so easy to not even have been recorded doing something like yeah. that. Well, if somebody hopped over your fence and did it, would you ever know? No, it's yeah. just like the cow just naturally got if anything hand, foot and mouth. Yeah, exactly. If, and if anything, this really makes a case for 
getting rid of this free range stuff, right? <laughs> oh man, boy, I'm <laughs> kicking your shins. Okay, no, it's good to have the free range stuff, but it does mean that those animals are more vulnerable yeah. if they're actually free. Well, the downside there is attack. if you if you went to like one of those big factory farms where they're like three inches away from each other, if you infected one, like just snuck in, it would spread like wildfire much quicker. That's a good point. Oof. So here's an excerpt of the document uh, that I, f- I found this document on Mysterious Universe. And they said that the, quotes, the food supply of the nation could be depleted to an extent which would material, which materially would reduce the nation's capacity to defend itself and to wage war. Serious outbreaks of disease of man, animals, and plants also would result in profound psychological disturbances. Mm. I mean... I mean, especially if you found out that it was actually an attack, can you imagine the paranoia of eating every mm. meal? Yeah. I mean, none of this is really oh. that. I mean, this is kind of what's old is new and what's new is old again. Like, warfare in the ancient world, that's how. That's what you did. You messed with the food supply. You know, you burnt the cornfields uh, in the area so that eventually the city you were laying siege to, they had to come out because they'd be starving. That's that's what you did. Sometimes you would lay siege to a city, starve them, and then when they resort to cannibalism because they're starving, then you spread rumors about how they're degenerate cannibals, and then none of their allies want to help defend them. <laughs> you know, it's it's not uh, it's not that surprising that that, that would be a, a target. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I'm not going to list them on here because kind of like kind of like your comment, we don't want to tell anyone how to make uh, yeah <laughs> ricin, but. Uh, they're, they they go on the list a ton of different ways, even back then, to implement that somebody could infect a food supply. Uh, oh. I won't listen to them. I won't list them. But, you know, that kind of brings me back to this Chipotle thing that we talked about at the beginning. Yes. The, that could very easily be a form of corporate mm-hmm. espionage. Es- espionage. <laughs> espionage. Do you mean sabotage? Yeah. Well, it I mean, it would be, be both, right? Is it? <laughs> No, espionage would be like finding out trade secrets. Like, how does Chipotle do it? And then like, oh, turns out they put cumin in that tortilla. Okay, anyway, I've lost my yeah. case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Go on. So, according to uh, Business Insider, you know, Chipotle gets this rash of food poisoning outbreaks. Norovirus. Right. Mm. And so they come, they, they really hit the big time and everyone sees them. There's several outbreaks of norovirus, salmonella, and E. coli all within just a few months at Chipotle during 2015. Yeah, that's a lot. And then it happened again in 2017. And so people started thinking, oh, maybe there's a pattern. Mm, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But a guy named Aaron Allen of the restaurant consultant group, Aaron Allen and Associates, he saw a pattern not just in food poisoning, but in stock activity. Uh, I was thinking of that. So after the scandal... Chipotle stock oh. dropped, yep. as any as any company yep. stock would do, and you know that's not a good thing. But he suggests if that they're likely being sabotaged to make their stock drop, mm-hmm. and behind the scenes, that's right, you swoop in and buy it when it's cheap, and when it goes back up, you sell it for a pretty penny. And it's Chipotle, right. of course, it's going to go back up. That's right, because these things always go back up after they go back down, and so essentially. That's what these uh, someone is doing, whether it's another company, whether it's individuals. This guy believes that somebody is, Aaron Allen believes that somebody is contaminating the food on purpose so that someone can make a pretty penny. 
off of this. Ooh. I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah easily. Totally. So, yeah, there you go. Well, I have just a little comment on uh, people. <laughs> it, this is something that I often think whenever I go to get fast food and did somebody <clears throat> contaminate my, my food. But Oh, sure. Yeah. I, it's always uh, a concern. <sighs> well, I used to always think, did this, what if that person, that guy at the fast food restaurant, what if he put love potion? What? Oh my god! What? I have oh never heard that in my life. <laughs> Me wow. neither, James. Oh wow! That is the yeah, weirdest no. pathology. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think it a long time ago. Well, it, it came up. I was driving through the, the Wendy's fast food line once, and Love Potion Number Nine was on the radio. So I'm an old lady and I listen to old music. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason in my mind, that's my, what if they put love potion in my frost? <laughs> so schizophrenic talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so oh, glad man. you shared that with us. Yeah. You better not cut it out. I won't oh, cut that out. Uh, well, well, hey, for what it's worth, I have a thing I worry about. <laughs> What's that? But mine's more logical and reasonable. And mm. James probably has it too. If someone hands you your food and they have like a cut on their hand, oh yeah, or yeah. something like that, yeah. I'm like, oh no, like I'm like, I, I, I seriously contemplate throwing that thing away immediately. Yeah, I th- agreed. Yeah, and I mean, if I notice, that's the thing. I don't notice those things. I'm too too busy thinking about love potion <laughs> than to look at the people's hands. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should focus on the hands. <laughs> oh man. Um. <laughs> wow, that's a lot to think about, Alex. Yeah, so now everyone can worry about their food being contaminated yeah. all the time. So whether it's outside sources or inside sources. Uh, well, let's end with a little palate cleanser, and I think this is really interesting. I know earlier you kind of mentioned Starbucks. Yes. But, you know, James, have you ever gotten Starbucks with your name written incorrectly? Uh, All the time, yeah. Yeah, what do they usually put on your cup? Uh, well, that's the thing is like, with me, because I'm very prone to mumble anyway, and because I also sometimes forget my name because I go by two different names anymore, uh, <laughs> I, I never know. Usually, I end up with John, or uh, my favorite is 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 no joke George, because it doesn't sound like anything like <laughs> James or Leo. But you know, I've gotten they usually get CC, but it's usually spelled like. I've I've gotten like a thousand different spellings. Yeah. Although the worst, and I'll, I'll I'll mention this in a second, but the, I'll tell you the worst thing that I've ever had written. <laughs> not it was on a receipt, my name on a receipt. Uh, but people think that there's a reason that Starbucks writes the incorrect name on a cup. <laughs> it's on purpose, James. What? Uh, when you get your name written incorrectly on a cup, are you going to post a picture of that on social media? <gasps> No, I would guess I wouldn't. But then again, I wouldn't take pictures of my food anyway because I'm not an annoying person. But I get what you mean. James, <laughs> I do that. I know. I knew the minute I said it, I was like, here it goes. <sighs> well, James, I'm done with you. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's all like when I read this, that it's probably, it could very possibly be for viral marketing. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, man, it's very Mind possible. Mind freaking blown. Yeah. Oh, I think it's 100% true. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, how man. could they mishear names so badly all the time? Yeah, or spell uh, What them. was the one on the receipt? Oh, the one that on the receipt? Okay, you guys. I went to a restaurant. <laughs> Alex knows what this says. I went to a restaurant, and it was a very nice restaurant, but I got there, and I was like, I have an order for Cece, and they were like, we don't have an order for Cece. And they were like, oh, wait, it, it's probably this one. And they hand me my receipt, and they had written my name down, Feces. A new, oh my God. Yeah. Who in the world would think that that was right? Have, oh my gosh. I have absolutely no idea, but I I was not pleased. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. the worst spelling that I've ever gotten. You guys, wow. listeners, if you've gotten a bad spelling, let us know what the worst butchering of your names has been. Unless it's Starbucks, because then you're just you, doing marketing for them. <laughs> you should start. You should start your own fertilizer business. Like it's just manure. Feces. It's called CC's feces. CC's feces. <laughs> uh, you guys, is that? Do you guys have anything else you want to add to the conversation before we hit the road? Hmm. I I know that on mine that a lot of people think the farmers exaggerated the spread of the disease. So they could go ahead and kill all the cattle so they could just restart their business sooner. Uh, that seems crazy to me. It's yeah. a lot of trouble. And it's also like, yeah. I'm sure these farmers like, okay, James, you probably have more insight. And I know that it's a lot easier to kind of take a cow's life when you work on a farm and do sure. it every day. But I feel like farmers have hearts too. They wouldn't want to just... Sure. Uh, that being said, that being said, there's definitely some really sadistic people, and there's definitely some just dollars and cents people. So I, I mean, it, that's not the hard part. I think just the effort to put forward would make more. It wouldn't be as much dollars and cents to just have to kill all your cows so you can have a quicker turnover like that. Um, I'm sad. Yeah, though. crazy stuff. Plus, you have to pay a lot of money in Britain to get that done. Because get this, Britain's such a weird place. Uh, I would go so far as to call it a police state. Uh, you're not allowed to kill your own livestock if they're sick. You have to pay through the nose for a special job person called a dogger to hmm. kill it for you. Interesting. It's super insane and bureaucratic. Yeah. I don't know, sir. I don't know how they all fell off this cliff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's about what you'd have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> speaking of cows, when Alex worked at uh, what was oh, it, UPS? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Alex worked at UPS right next to a farm, and a cow had fallen. It it had, it had, it had died, and this oh. was one of the hottest days of the year that year. And oh, no. it had died, rolled up against this fence that was on this ledge. So if it if the fence gave way, it had a twenty foot drop, and it's just mm. laying there baking in the heat and just swelling enormous up to, and stinking yeah. oh oh uh, my gosh and i had, we just had to smell it all day oh uh, it was awful. so bad he, he never busted open thank goodness but yeah uh, at least not while i was there <laughs> anyways i guess that's a good good note to leave yeah yeah mm. Mm. your food's poisoned and stinky cow as all of our <laughs> listeners are probably eating their their breakfast their yummy delicious breakfast yeah or <laughs> dinner whatever we don't know when you guys are listening. I guess that's that's it for our so, first episode of Food Conspiracies. Yeah, yeah, we will do more. Yeah, there are a lot. There are a lot of conspiracies out there, you guys. Yeah, we didn't uh, even touch on fluoride yet, but we will. James is really excited to talk about fluoride, you guys. We might even let yeah. just James do a solo episode about fluoride. Yeah, we'll just, just sit back and listen. <laughs> <to God. laughs> <laughs> now we're okay. So I guess it's time to pick our next topic out of the vase. Mm. 
All right, you guys. Next week, we are talking about human hybrids. Human hybrids. Now, I have a question for you all. Is this stories of encounters with human hybrids, or is this actual human hybrids, or both? I think it's how the conspiracies involving them. I don't think too many people run into hybrids. At least not that we're aware of. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll find one. (laughs) All right, you guys. That's it for Food Conspiracies. Um, our music, you guys, is – oh, wait, wait. First, let me let me get our social media stuff out there. Uh, guys, yeah. follow us on Twitter. Alex is going to start doing a better job of posting things on our Twitter. Yes. Yes. It's 13th Floor Pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at 13th Floor Podcast. And if you have any stories, if you have a food conspiracy that you firmly believe in – or you've met a human hybrid, uh, <laughs> email your stories to us at 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com. All right, Alex, uh, you do the music this week. Our music is Signal by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, anywhere you choose to listen to music. All right, guys. Um, I think that's it. So until next time, you guys. <laughs> Did you just foe clear your throat? I legitimately <laughs> all right one two three keep, keep it keep it straight, straight. <laughs>